Are you ready to generate way more leads with way less struggle? I have great news for you. I'm now accepting new students into High Performance Agent Academy. Inside the Academy, you'll get eight months of customized support from me and get access to my entire playbook, sales, marketing, social media, systems, all of it ready for you to copy and paste right into your business. Check the show notes for the link to learn more. We start on May 1st. I'm back with episode three in our three-part series about should I build a real estate team? And in this episode, we are going to unpack how to make sure you clarify your own personal and business values, the culture you want to cultivate in your team, and ensure that you align with the right people. And then we're going to close out with some awesome tips on having all of your team agreements, policies, and financials in writing so that everything is super professional and protects both you and your future team members. Can't wait to share this with you. Hey, my name's Tina Bellavo, and I am obsessed with all things real estate, growth, marketing, social media, technology, and team building. If you're an ambitious agent who's hungry to grow, work on your own terms, and build a thriving life outside of your business, this is the podcast for you. I got into real estate when I was 18 years old and grew my business from nothing through referrals and social media. And since then, I've built a top performing team and I've sold over 1,700 homes and $400 million in sales volume. In this podcast, I keep it real and I tell you exactly what I'm doing to sell tons of houses, lead my team, market my brand, grow my social following and database, and maintain incredible work-life balance. I'll never shy away from sharing my biggest mistakes as well as the juiciest parts of my secret sauce. Pull up a seat and get ready to learn and be inspired. This is the High Performance Agent Podcast with Tina Bellavo. Welcome back to the High Performance Agent Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Bellavo, and we are wrapping up a three-episode series addressing the question, should I build a real estate team? And we are wrapping up with some of my favorite topics of basically making sure that you hire the right people that align with you and the culture of your team and making sure that the people that you get into business with, it's as win-win and aligned as possible for everyone involved. And then I'm going to wrap up with some tips on how to avoid pitfalls from a legal and expectation standpoint. Yay. (laughs) So I just want to say, if you didn't listen to parts one and two of this series, I do recommend rewinding and going back into my show archive to listen to those in order because it all builds on itself. Otherwise, I'm glad you're still here with me. So just to recap, in episode one, I talked about how to define a value proposition for your team and being really clear on everything that's going into lead flow, leadership, systems, marketing, all of the above. And then in the second part of the series, we got more specific talking about, okay, if that's the value proposition, who are the people that are going to do those things? What is their job description? What is the compensation plan? And how does that all pan out as far as the dollars and cents in my business budget and my business plan, aka your pro forma? So I left you with some homework if you want to do this of really starting to get these things into writing and have a solid plan from both a financial and a personnel standpoint. So hopefully you've gotten a chance to work through that or at least begin to think through that. 
And then it comes down to saying, okay, so I know that I need someone to do these things. How do I find the right person? And there's so much that goes into hiring. And I'm definitely going to have some future episodes on how to actually like find talent and source basically leads for your team of people you could employ and how to recruit and vet them. But I want to talk a little bit more today about the big picture of making sure that it's the right match. So we're going to assume that you have a little bit of a plan for how to actually find and interview people. What I want to talk to you about, though, is what is really the biggest pitfall that I've found for most people, which is bringing people on that are really aligned from a values standpoint. When you're partnering up with someone for business purposes, you want to make sure that you are on the same page about these key things so that you basically like who you work with and they're not out there behaving in ways that are not okay with you as a person or for your brand. So first things first, write up your personal values. And like I have found that it's actually helpful for me to dictate what my personal values are and then also my business values, which are related, but not exactly the same thing. So like on the personal value side, I would say what morals and standards are really important to you? What are things that just like you would never do or would definitely do or feel or believe in your life where you feel like I can't have someone who works with me who doesn't feel the same way about these key things. And I really feel like there's no wrong way to approach this. I am someone who is like pretty self-reflective and I've done more than my fair share of like personal development work. So an example for me is I find it really hard to work with people that don't have like really strong (laughs) self-awareness. It's just something that I found is like frustrating and I don't know, it's just something that doesn't work for me. So that's an example. I like working with people who are really self-aware. You might want to think about the kind of lifestyle that you lead. For example, my lifestyle has looked different over the years. Like in the early part of my team building journey, I was like all about my business and all about my career. And I really liked having people around me who felt the same way because we had the same priorities. There wasn't friction around what I thought was important, but they didn't think it was important. I'm now at a phase where I feel very differently and I'm really focused on family and inner peace is a silly way to put it, but my sanity is more important than my business achievements. (laughs) I didn't always feel that way. In fact, like I just had to make a tough decision the other day. I am, as I'm recording this, you guys are going to hear this later. In case you missed it, High Performance Agent Academy is officially open for new students and we start on May 1st. Do you feel frustrated by making slow progress, sick of your systems and CRM being a mess, lonely and tired of figuring out how to grow your business on your own, and are you ready for a breakthrough in your sales, marketing, and lead generation? First of all, you're not alone. I have been there and I've blazed the trail to solve all of those problems. I've assembled every single system, template, and marketing strategy I use so you can copy and paste them right into your business. If you're ready to transform everything about your real estate business, this is your golden opportunity. I will walk alongside you for the rest of 2024 
and help you plug these systems directly into your business. And we will customize every element to your market, your brand, your voice, and your goals. High Performance Agent Academy starts on May 1st, and I don't want you to miss the boat. Head to the show notes to get the link or DM me on Instagram at Tina Bellavo, and I'll send you everything you need. See you in the Academy. Because I'm ahead of the game, but as I'm recording this, I'm 13 days from my due date to have my baby girl. And I, out of nowhere, bought a new house for our family to move into later this year. An amazing property came up out of nowhere. I wasn't even really actively looking, but it was the right thing for us. And I knew it. And we jumped on it. And it's May right now. And I got it in my head that I should probably sell my current home now and make the most of the spring market pricing. But I just, I had to have come to grips with myself that these next two weeks, I want to, I just want to be like in my body (laughs) and like present to my life and not be hustling to sell my house, even though I do believe that I probably won't get as much for it in the fall as I will this spring. And being like, you know what? Like I'm choosing my sanity and my family over money. And that may sound like such an obvious decision, but for a few days I was feeling like, oh my gosh, like this could be a big mistake. I might have regrets, scarcity mindset, fear. And I just had to really, but I could feel like my inner peace just like flying out the window and being like, oh wait, no, I'm now living my life in a different way, in a different space where money doesn't run the show. And I I hate to admit that because it's not like I'm money obsessed, I think part of it is like fear of making a mistake or looking back and wondering why I squandered. It's actually FOMO. It's like opportunity FOMO, which is not just the money side, but just in general, oh no, what if I make a mistake by not capitalizing on opportunities right now? Basically like saying no to things when it would be easier to just say yes and try and fit it all together. So I feel like I might've just gone on a tangent, but hopefully that resonates with you of, okay, like, where are you at with those kind of big decisions in your life and like your mindset? Do you, are you okay with team members who are going to make calls that prioritize their sanity over being the highest producer they could be? There's no wrong answer to that. I've had probably different answers of my own at different points in time. Right now, everyone on my team is a mom with young kids. So there is like an implicit and explicit understanding, and that impacts all of our ambitions, our schedules, our availability. And I feel like it's really important for me to have permission to put my family and my self-care first and for my team members to have the same. This is not quite like a personal values thing, except it kind of is. And I actually mentioned this in my very first introductory podcast, but Making the decision to make my team remote and staying remote long after the peak of the pandemic is like a really important personal value of mine of realizing like how I thrive and how I like to work. And therefore, I am not going to hire people who are telling me at the interview that they really like to come into an office and that's really important to their success to be physically around people every day. So I'm just really clear on my lifestyle Similarly, I'm in mom mode. I'm home for bedtime like 99% of the time, like every night. So I don't do happy hours. I don't do dinners with my team members. Like we do lunch or we're virtual or we chat on Slack. We love Slack so much. So those are just like things of like how I live my life and where I'm at. And I think it's really important 
if you're going to form a team of like, where are you at with that kind of stuff? Your lifestyle, your values, the morals that you hold dear. I live like a sober, substance-free lifestyle, and I have my whole adult life. And I have found that the people who vibe with me most are not necessarily on that wavelength, but like they don't care that we don't party together. And that is one of my like key core values is that's just how I live. And I love it that way. I love being clear-headed and energetic every morning and all of the above. So those are some examples of like personal values that I have clarified for myself and live according to. And then the same like token, but a little bit different would be like my business values of what I think is really important and what makes a great real estate agent or real estate team. So like I am detail oriented and a lot of this is just who I am and that's who my clients are used to me being. And then that's what they expect from my team members too. So I'm really detail oriented. I am cerebral. I'm analytical. I'm smart. I am thorough. And like those are things that are really important for my team members to embody as well because my team members are an extension of me, especially with the kind of business model that I run where they are often working with people who know me personally and have hired me in the past and expect a certain kind of agent. So those are really key values for me as well as like friendliness Being someone who just stays professional no matter what, like I just have a really high level of professionalism. That's really important to me. What else would I say about my business values? Oh, customer service. That's a huge one. And that's along the lines of what I was saying of just like being kind, courteous, and above and beyond just as a default, not as a once in a while, but just an above and beyond kind of mindset is really huge. And then my team does have a mission statement, which is to create community So I am community-minded. Like I like to make friends with my clients. I like to be friends with them on Facebook after the transaction. I want them to come to our events. I want to DM with them about how their baby is sleeping. (laughs) That is who I am. And if I were to have team members who were not relationship-driven and didn't want to have any contact with clients after closing, like that would be out of alignment. So long story longer, (laughs) my encouragement to you is to write down what are your core values as a person and in the way you run your business. And those are really important things to articulate and screen for in the people that you are interviewing. And I think it's, it's really obvious once you get used to screening for these things. I hate to give this example, but it's just true. I love social media. I love Facebook. I love Instagram. I don't love it indiscriminately. There are a lot of problems about social media. But at the end of the day, social media, I like spending time on it. It's a tool for me that brings me joy and also really benefits my business. If someone wants to join my team and they don't have a presence anywhere and there's no way for someone to even tag them or friend them and I can't connect with them that way, that's a misalignment. That could be overridden by everything else being a really great match. But if there's a way that I function and my business functions and someone else just isn't on the same page, like this just came up recently. I heard from someone who was really interested in joining my team and then she was not on social media. And I was like, oh, that could be weird because the rest of us are and the rest of us liaise with our clients there. So just some food for thought. You want to look at your personal and business values match. And then the other piece of like the match on the people side is your team culture. 
And your team might just be you, or it might already involve some other people. In the case of where I'm at in my team now, I have three other full-time team members, as well as three part-time people that are more on the fringe, but also very aligned and just on the same wavelength in many ways. Like You really want to look at how someone is going to fit into and complement the culture. How comfortable are they going to be? How supported are they going to feel? Is the team really warm and fuzzy? Is the team more like emotionally remote from one another? So culture and values definitely intersect, but they're not exactly the same thing. And I think for me, if I were to put my finger on the way that I define my team's culture, it would be the way that we treat each other and just communicate with one another. So really, the way we relate to one another is how I would define our culture. So in our case... (laughs) Actually, I'm going to give you like a couple ways to look at culture. So number one is how do you and your team members prefer to communicate? So are you all about FaceTime in the office, which I already addressed my feelings about that? Or are you happy to like be in a group text or talk in a chat app like Slack all day? That is something to be really clear on what works and how that's going to go for anyone that joins the team. And similar to that, like where do you stand on working virtually If you're interviewing someone who maybe wants to be hybrid or everyone in your team is in the office, but you're looking at hiring a remote admin, as an example, how's that going to work? What are the systems that are going to facilitate that? What concerns do you have, et cetera, et cetera? So you want to figure out where you stand on virtual or hybrid work, especially in today's world. Another thing to think about is where you stand on meetings (laughs) and like mandatory meetings. So there is a huge spectrum as far as how people run their teams. And I think a lot of it actually comes back to the lead generation model for the team, which I beat to death in the first two parts of this series. But if you run a business model where you are getting like tons of new internet leads every day and people are expected to be in the CRM every morning from 9 to 11, calling through all their leads and doing all their follow-up, like you probably are going to meet a lot more regularly. You probably have more accountability meetings. There's a schedule. There's a morning power-up phone call. I'm just spitballing off of all the things that I've seen and done over the years. So you want to just figure out like what is the accountability and meeting cadence of my team and how does that relate to the kind of business model that I run? How formal and structured are you? Or are you really loose and freewheeling? (laughs) Many realtors get into the industry expecting a lot of freedom with their schedule. So it's important to define when and how often you meet and why and what purpose does it serve and how does it support efforts that run the business, whether that's lead generation and conversion or just overall communication. I will tell you that I hate mandatory meetings and I avoid them like the plague. So I have chosen to have my team run more loosely. And there are ramifications to that, both positive and negative. But for me, that's a non-starter to be in a conversation about anything but that. And I have chosen to find ways to make that work for everyone to the best of my ability, but still have it work for me and have that like insane amount of autonomy that I really prefer. (laughs) So that's food for thought. Along with just like the way you guys communicate, like what is your business relationship tone and style? Are there things that are important to you and how your colleagues treat you and vice versa? Do you want to be besties with your coworkers or do you prefer a relationship that is super professional where you like don't talk about what's going on in your personal life at all? I've been in all different modes over the years with what I'm comfortable with and I've found that sort of a balance somewhere in the middle 
where there's like a healthy friendship, but also not like a full overstepping of confusion of professional versus personal has been really happy and healthy for me. But that's the thing to think about. And just like the general tone of your team. One thing I just love about the vibe of the Bellavo group, my team, like the iteration that we've been in for the last few years now is that everyone's just so kind and supportive towards one another, which I know might sound duh, like why not? But like, I just feel like the people that I've curated and have chosen to be with me and stick around are just some of the nicest, most reasonable people I've ever known. And like, I treasure them. If any of them ever listen to this, I just love you guys. <laughs> You're the best people I've ever worked with from a like, moral compass, just code of how you live your life. I don't know. I just hold them in such high esteem. And I've had times where I've worked with people who had other ideas about what they did in their personal lives or how they like handled their relationships outside of business. And like I did learn the hard way that stuff would bleed back into the business and get weird at times. So I think that's really important to just factor in of what is the tone and style of your business and why. And then the other kind of piece of culture, which we talked a lot about in the value proposition, but I will circle back on is like what leadership benefits are on offer. So as the leader of your team culturally, like how available are you going to be to share your experience, your wisdom? Do you have any leadership or management experience? Are you really overwhelmed with your own production or business chaos and lack of systems or not? And how can you factor that into the culture and the expectations that, you know, the conversations that you're having as you bring people into the business? So all of that to say, if you can clarify where you stand with your personal values, your business values, and how your team culture is today, and maybe what you're working to transform it into, for whatever reason, I think a lot of my team culture today is a response to lessons I've learned over the last 20 years, and that's been a really positive response it's a lot easier to chat with people and figure out where they stand with those things and figure out, is it a natural match or are you possibly going into the like square peg in a round hole situation? So those would be some big picture thoughts of hiring. And then the actual hiring process is a whole other thing. We'll talk about that another time. (laughs) But let's assume that you have done everything I've talked about in this three-part series. You've got your value prop. You've got your job descriptions. You feel good about your pro forma. You've found someone awesome. What are some final, really important steps to take? Well, those steps would be to get everything in writing (laughs) and basically do it the right way. And by the right way, having a team agreement, a job, like a written team agreement of how things work in your team expectations as far as like the specific job description that someone is signing on for. And then also, I definitely recommend having an independent contractor agreement between you and any of your team members that are agents or in any sort of 1099 position to just really have your rules of engagement correct. And again, making sure that you're following any employment laws as it relates to your state. So this is not like generally a huge ticket cost, but you want to find an employment attorney in your state and make sure that you get things documented correctly. And the kind of things that I'm referring to would be things like your team splits, including any variation in the split, depending on whether it was a buyer or a seller, or maybe the source of the lead. You'd be amazed how many people start teams and don't even have splits in writing. And then someday when there's a departure or a dispute, 
there's nothing to go back to. So if you were to ask me what's the one thing I need to document, it would be that. Beyond that, there are some other things that I think are really important. The next would be who owns the data and the leads. So say you're the team owner and a buyer agent is on your team and they want to move on. Do you give them anything from the CRM, whether it's their people's contact info? Do they get to keep leads that they've been working that you introduced them to? What do the financials look like on that? Are there any like referral fees that trail after the fact? That is the number one way you can get ahead of any disputes about who owns the leads, who works the lead after a departure, what the comp plan is, is there a referral fee, and to whom, et cetera. So those are the big things. Beyond that, if you have any sort of like policies or requirements about how your business functions, you might want to document things like branding requirements, whether they're required to use the team CRM. Do they need to use the team email? Can they just brand everything themselves? Some teams have a team phone number they want them to use. Some teams don't care. What expectations do you have about meetings? Is there anything that's, quote, mandatory with independent contractors? You shouldn't really have anything super mandatory, but are there suggested meetings? Are there vacation policies? Are there policies you have about communication and what to do when you do leave town or, you know, when to use an out of office or not or who... Do you promise coverage to one another? All of the things that just go into the team functioning. And then last but not least, are there opportunities that are available or that you can create to facilitate team members growing and developing? Do you offer any sort of paid training, leadership, coaching, marketing and business development investments that you make for them? Anything good that you can do for them, not just the rules and regulations, it's also a really great idea to document in writing. Maybe it's something I've had in my agreements for a long time, something as simple as like an annual education stipend where like I will pay up to X number of dollars per year for my team members to take any class that interests them that would further their real estate career. So ideally, you would get that all written up and have a lawyer look it over and make sure that you're in alignment with employment laws and that everything is just above board because most team members don't stay forever. If they do, that is a huge win. But at some point, someone moves on and it's really nice to have clear expectations from the beginning and everything is signed off and can be referred back to down the line. So we're going to end with just like a high energy recap. I know we're just talking about like legal and what happens when people move on. But the bottom line is building a team can change your life. In my experience, it brought back so much time and energy and passion for me. Just I found it burnout central to be solo and just not have any camaraderie and support. So for me, building a team has been absolutely life-changing. It's given me so much freedom, so much camaraderie, a ton of opportunity. I've learned a lot. I've developed a leadership skill set, a lot trial by fire that I never would have had otherwise. And it has been worth every pain point along the way. That said, I just think there is a lot that you can do to get ahead of some of the challenges. So I hope that this podcast series has informed you, inspired you. And if you feel like you'd really like my help with building your own team, I want to encourage you to join the waitlist for my High Performance Agent Academy. There is a link to it in my show notes, and I'm going to be launching it again in the fall of 2023. And when that time comes around, I would love to chat with you more about how to train you at a deeper level to really do this 
well and profitably and happily with as few mistakes and foibles along the way as humanly possible. Thank you again for listening. Can't wait to connect with you on the next episode. And thanks for your time. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the High Performance Agent Podcast. Make sure to subscribe by hitting the follow button so you don't miss the next episode. And check the show notes for links to all of my goodies, including my newsletter filled with tips for ambitious agents. You can also find me on Instagram at Tina Bellavo. Talk to you soon.